introducing a a new a new a new series. Have no idea where that came from, but it came. I'm introducing a new series that we're called "Obsessively Give Generously." And I'll explain that in just a moment. But it's a, a series of series that we're doing this year. And uh, what we're endeavoring to do is discover what it means to become fully committed disciples. And we started out this year, and really, honestly, these are our values as a church, but we started out this year talking about the importance of passionately loving God, that that's, first of all and foremost, the very thing that we start out with in becoming a disciple a fully committed disciple of Christ. And then last month we talked about uh, our love for others. And, and that's this, is that we need to genuinely love people. And today we're going to continue on in this uh, series of series, and we're opening up and unfolding a new series, as I just said, giving, uh, obsessively give generously. And if we're going to be a disciple of Christ, we need to understand that generosity is uh, a, a mark, if you will, a character trait of a disciple. And I, 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 everything that I'm talking about, my heart is, hopefully you'll hear it throughout this whole series, is yes, it's, it can be challenging, uh, but it's, it's the healthiest thing for you, it's the best thing for you. When you live your life doing it God's way, things work out. God can take the worst of situations in your life and he can, he can turn them around on your behalf. Because in this, in this world, we have storms and stuff happens in this world. But when we're solid in God, when, when we're uh, living our life and building our life on the foundation of God's word, then when those storms hit, we continue to stand. When those are when people are not building their life on on the foundation of God's word, then when the storms hit, then their house crumbles, their life crumbles, and it, it begins to be tore apart. And so I'm I'm giving you things that will help you for life. I, I'm talking about not only for you but for your children. Uh, scripture says that I've set before you. Uh, death and life, blessing and cursing. Choose life that you and your descendants may live. Your decisions as adults will affect your children. And so it's very important that we get hold of this. And generosity, really honestly, what it is, is it's living an unselfish life. Where we make our life not about us, that we make it about God and others. And, and so that's what this whole, uh, this whole series of series is all about. And we've been using Matthew chapter 28, and I'm going to take you there to verse 18. And uh, let's look at it. It says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now, if you notice on this screen here, we're talking about a disciple's perspective. 
That's what I want to talk about today, is a disciple's perspective. There's, a different, there's different perspectives out there. And if we're going to, if we're going to uh, grow in becoming a fully devoted disciple of Christ, we have to take on the right perspective in life. Because if we don't, then we'll miss out on what God has for us. Now, again, I, I, I'm doing a series. This series is called Obsessively Give Generous. Obsessively. That word obsessive means to be focused on or to be a fanatic. God wants us to be focused in a fanatic and giving our life away and, and living an unselfish life. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you uh, agree that that's how we as Christians ought to live? Is that it's not about us, that we're living our life for, for God and others. That we need to be obsessed about this. That this isn't something that we need to be casual about. It needs to be a focus in our life. Generosity it covers every area of our life. Our time, our talent, our treasures, our decisions, our perspective. That's what we're talking about today. And First uh, Timothy, a very familiar passage of scripture in verse 16, I mean verse, uh, chapter 6, verse 17, it says, command those who are rich in, now, first of all, many people when you say that, they automatically dismiss themselves. Okay, well it's not talking to me, I'm not rich. In comparison to the rest of the world, we are filthy wealthy. We are extremely wealthy no matter no matter how poor you may think you are in comparison to everybody else in the world the majority of the people in the world we are very very rich so it's talking to us it's talking to everybody in here says command those who are rich in the things of this life not to be proud but to place their hope not in such an uncertain thing as riches but in god who generously gives us everything for our enjoyment. Command them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share with others. Now notice this is a command. It's not an option. It's a command that we are to be generous. And the reason is it's unhealthy. God doesn't want us to live a life that's unhealthy in our lives. He he knows that selfishness or Scripture calls it the flesh. When we walk in the flesh, it leads to death. It always brings, it always kills things in our life. So an unselfish life, a generous life, it brings life and peace. Always brings life and peace. So it says, command them to do good, to be rich in good works, to be generous and ready to share with others. In this way, they will store up for themselves a treasure which will be a solid foundation for the future, and then they will be able to win the life which is true life. I love that it says that you lay a foundation. I just I just described what that foundation or how that foundation is laid. It's when we hear the word and we put it to work. When we do the word and we uh, uh, begin to practice that word in our life, that we see that foundation established in our life. And again, when the storms hit, we continue to stand. When things hit our life, we get to continue to keep on keeping on instead of having to rebuild our lives over and over and over every time a storm hits. So, what I'd like to do 
is I want you to understand that, yeah, it's talking about, it's talking to the rich, but I want you to understand that generosity is not only for the rich. Just in case you have this mindset that this isn't talking to me, it's also for the poor. There was time. There was a time where Jesus was uh, uh, examining, if you will, observing how people gave, and not only was he watching the rich give, but he was also giving how the poor gave. And we find that with the widow's generosity, that she was generous in her giving. In Mark chapter twelve, verse forty-one, we'll start there. It says, then Jesus sat down near the collection box in the temple and watched as the crowds dropped in their money. Many rich people put in large amounts. Then a poor woman came and dropped in two small coins or two mites, as some translations say. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I tell you the truth, this poor widow has given more than all the others who were making contributions. Get this. For they gave a tiny part of their surplus. In other words, the percentage of what they gave in comparison to what they have was extremely small. But it goes on to say, it goes on to say, but she, poor as she is, has given everything she had to live on. Most people statistically say the more that people make the less they give percentage wise yeah it may be a large amount in comparison but if you had a billion dollars and you only gave a hundred thousand that's not very much isn't that right and, and maybe maybe you might think well that's a lot of money well it really isn't it's it's you wouldn't even miss it you wouldn't even know that it's gone. And so what God wants us to see is not the, the, the amount. He wants us to see that we just need to be all in. That, that it's, 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 it's got to go beyond, it's got to go beyond selfishness and it's got to be about really truly about something that's bigger than we and me. That our generosity is, is meant to make a, a big impact. I was thinking about this this morning. If everybody in our that calls church on move their their church, if everybody just just tithed, which is God's anyway, if any if everybody just tithed, the the impact that we could make as a church, we already make an impact. But the impact that we can make, I believe that generosity starts after the tithe. I believe it 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 points it out, but I'm, I'm not getting get into that right now. What I do want to do is I want to talk about perspective. Because the reason, the reason why some people don't believe in generosity and the reason that some people do believe in generosity is perspective. And so let me give you this point. It's this, is our perspective determines our generosity. It determines our generosity, whether we're going to be generous or not. It's how we perceive things in our life, whether we're going to be generous and not. And so what I want to do is I want to spend some time today, and I want to look at, so that it covers everybody, I want to look at another widow woman. And many of you know the story. There was a drought or a a famine in the land, and, 
and uh, Elijah was, uh, he was being cared for by ravens. God was taking care of him. Could you imagine a bunch of crows coming and feeding you? I don't know if I'd want stuff coming from a bunch of ravens. But anyhow, it kept him alive, and, and so there was a bunch of ravens that were feeding him, and he was beside this brook, and that brook dried up, and, and so God instructed him, I want you to go see a widow woman that's going to take care of you, that's going to take care of your needs. I'm sure he was thinking, wow, thank God somebody out there has some bucks to take care of me. I'm going to go, I'm going to go eat some good food, man. There's a widow woman, no doubt she's probably has a, a, a husband that took care of her and left her a big inheritance and, and so I'm going to go and I'm going to eat. I'm sure that he had all kinds of uh, thoughts in his mind and when he got there to his surprise, it was totally different. It was totally different. Can I tell you this is biblical? And I'm sure that his perspective changed, but nonetheless, he obeyed the word of the Lord. He understood the importance of obeying God's word. Here, let me, let me read it to you. 1 Kings chapter 17, we'll start with verse 8. It says, Then the Lord spoke his word to Elijah, Go to Zarephath in Sidon and live there. I have commanded a widow there to take care of you. So Elijah went to Zarephath, and when he reached the town gate, he saw a widow gather, gathering food, excuse me, gathering wood for a fire. Elijah asked her, would you bring me a little water in a cup so that I may have a drink? And as she was going to get the water, Elijah said to her, bring me a piece of bread too. And the widow answered, get this, remember that God spoke to her already. You know, the, the, he, the, we know that, it's, uh, that he spoke to her because it said, Arise and go to Zarephath. I commanded a widow there to take care of you. But nonetheless, here's what she said in verse 12. The widow uh, uh, or the woman answered, Assuredly, as the Lord your God lives, I have no bread. I only have a handful of flour in a jar and only a little olive oil in a, in a jug. I came here to gather some wood so that I could go home, cook our last meal. My son and I will eat, eat it, and then die from hunger. Woman of faith, right? <laughs> and then Elijah says this, because he had the word of the Lord. And he says, don't worry. How many times do we worry when it comes to, the, comes to generosity? How many times, you know, what if I gave my time? Can I tell you, you'll sow what you reap. It, you, may seem, you may seem to not have the time to, to do whatever needs to be done, to give of yourself so that, so that God can uh, use you to advance his kingdom here on this earth. But if you'll do it, somehow God will make up for it. And notice here, he says, don't worry. Elijah said to her, go home, cook your food, as you have said, but first make a small loaf of bread from the, the flour you have and bring it to me. Then cook something for, for yourself and your son. The Lord, the God of Israel says, that jar of flour will never be empty and the jug will always have oil in it until the day the Lord sends rain in the land. In other words, when the famine is concluded, 
This is going to take care of you. Don't be concerned about it. And so the woman went home and did what Elijah told her to do. And the woman and her son and Elijah had enough food every day. The jar of flour and the jug of oil were never empty, just as the Lord, through Elijah, had promised. Now, you've got to have right perspective. You could have the perspective that she had initially, that I'm going to cook, and then I'm going to take it, I'm going to, I'm going to eat it, and then we're going to die. Or you can have the perspective that she initially had that we don't even have enough for my son and I. How can I go and give you first and then us? It's just not going to measure up. It's just not going to, it doesn't calculate in, in my reasoning. And sometimes it doesn't. God's word doesn't always calculate in your reasoning. Let me say something about generosity because I feel impressed by the spirit of God. Some people can't give generous because you're a bad steward. And you can't give your way out of bad stewardship. You've got to manage your life, your time, your, your finances, everything well so that you can be generous. Okay, that's just a side note. It's important that we be good stewards of our life, every area. I always tell our leaders all the time that you can't lead others if you don't lead yourself well. If you lead yourself well, then you'll be effective in leading others well. And so the same way with finances, the same way with your time, the same way with your every part of your life, if you will be if you will be a good manager or a good steward of your time, one in the same, if you'll be good at that, then you'll be able to be generous like God is calling all of us to be in and through our lives. Does that make sense? So the 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 thing that I want to talk about is perspective, a disciple's perspective, because that's what we're talking about today. First of all, I just want to say that our perspective determines our reality. Reality is what we perceive things to be. Whether it's good or bad, our reality is what we perceive it to be. Isn't that true? And uh, Elijah's reality was, is that God spoke it, he's going to take care of it. God said it, you can bank on it. That was his reality. He believed he believed that God's word was reality over her circumstances and her situations. Is that is that good? Yes. If you didn't come for any other reason, that is a great reason to come. And let me tell you something. One of the things that I do when I do premarital counseling or if I do any kind of marriage counseling, the first thing that I do is I deal with perspective. I try to get people on the same page. The reason why any relationship has conflict is because they're on two different pages. And what, I, what, what I'm doing is I'm saying one person has this perspective, this person has this perspective, and that's where the conflict lies. It's like you're reading on two different pages or you're reading from two different books. If we can get you on the same page, then life will be a happy, happy life. Amen? And so perspective has to change. And that's what Elijah did. The first thing that he did is he dealt with that widow's perspective. He addressed her perspective and he says, I know what you're saying. I understand what you're saying in the natural. But we've got to equate God into the equation and know that he is supernatural and that he is limitless in this limited world. Perspective change. 
changed her world, rocked her world. Guess what? They continue to live. That's good. I don't care what you say. First of all, our perspective determines our reality. Secondly, our perspective determines our values. We value what we perceive to be valuable. Some people, why is it that you have two different people and they hear the same thing and one will value generosity and the other won't? It's because they just, in their perspective, they don't perceive generosity as being of value. I'm hoping today to change that. If you'll just ever get hold of this, that we need to be obsessive about being generous. That if you'll just give your life away to make other people's, help other people's, uh, to, to uh, help other people in the way that God has called you to help them, that it will rock your world. It will change your world. And if I can do that, then I, I have fulfilled what I believe that God's put in, 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 in my life to do in your life. And that's to lift you up and help you to be successful in living and following God. Amen? And so the widow perceived God's word as being more valuable than anything else. So she said, you know what? I hear you and I am going to follow through in it. And so she became generous in her greatest need. In her greatest need. And so let me, let me, just, let me just say this. I, I'm doing some interviewing. We're interviewing some some uh, uh, staff staff people and uh, people potential staff people and, and in in my interviews I I've have people that have either uh, they've been in ministry all of them have been in ministry but there've been a couple of them that have actually pastored and in my interview process it's been interesting the perspective of those that have pastored and those that haven't pastored. Those that have pastored value things differently than those that haven't pastored. Because they can relate to me. They can understand. They know what I'm looking for. Because they've sat in my seat. They know. They've gone through some of the, uh, the emotional uh, processes that I've gone through. They've, they've, they've had to address some of the things that I've addressed. So they understand that. They value things simply because of perspective and if we'll change our perspective to value the things that God values then it will change our life because you'll always your life will always go the direction of the things that you value where your treasure is there goes your heart baby where, whatever it is that you value, wherever you put what you value, there's where your heart's going to follow. You know, I, you might say, well, I, I just, I, I, I just, I don't have a heart for it. That's because you're not investing in it. You invest your life, you invest your heart, you, 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 if you continue to do that, then you're going to see that your heart's going to be there. And so it's it's so so important that we do that, and uh, and you know you, I, I've had I've had different people in the past that have told me, uh, Pastor, do we do we tithe before taxes or after taxes? And I, I'm saying you're missing the point. <laughs> Tithing is not a negative. It is a blessing. 
Are, uh, do we tithe? Do we have to tithe on our on our uh, bonuses? You're missing the point. You're missing the point. It is a blessing perspective. Your perspective is is that tithing's taken away from you. My perspective is is that tithing brings blessing to my life. Two different perspectives. I had a pastor correct me. And, uh, and, and it wasn't directly, it was through a message. Every day I grow. Every day I listen to podcasts. Every day I'm, I'm reading. Every day I'm feeding. Every day I'm growing in leadership. Every day, every day, every, every day. I want to be challenged. I, I'll never grow in a place of comfort. I'm always, I, I, I teach you all this too, that you and I, we need to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. We need to make sure that we're, we're uh, positioning ourselves to stretch and to grow and, and because we, we want to always live our life to the maximum potential that God has designed and desired for us to live. And it will never be lived out in comfort. You'll never experience it in a place of comfort. Most people live their lives seeking out comfort, not seeking out growth. And therefore, they'll never ever do anything to the level that God intended for them to do. So, this pastor told me, not directly, on a podcast, but nonetheless, I took it as from God and from him. And that's why I listened to him, have been for years and years. But I've told, and you've heard me say it possibly, and I, 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 don't, I don't do it very often, but periodically, I've, I've said, when receiving the tithes and offerings, I've said something that if you're new to Church on Move, you don't have to give. And he corrected me. He says, so you're telling them that they don't have to be blessed. And I repented. My, my perspective was wrong. Generosity is not a curse. Just generosity doesn't take. Generosity always increases. It always blesses. It always adds value. It always, not only in my own life, but it does in the lives of others. It, it's, it's, a, it, it's a discipleship perspective. And so I allowed that, I allowed that to be done, and from this point on, you hear me, Pastor Bobby? Because sometimes you take up the offering. From this point on, we will not say, if you're new to church on move, you don't have to give. Nor are we going to tell you you have to. That's up to you. But we're never going to discourage it. We're going to invite you to it because it's a blessing to your life. Amen? Is that good? Okay. So it's our perspective determines our values. Let me give you one more thought in bringing this to a close. Our perspective de- determines our practices. We practice what we perceive to be valuable. You begin to put it to work in your life. Isn't that true? Uh, both Elijah and the widow, widow uh, woman perceived God's word as being worthy to practice. And so therefore they practice it, it began to produce it began to bless, and, and let me tell you, one of, and I, I really mean this, one of my first thoughts anytime money comes into our hands is, God, do you want me to give it? Off the top, off the top, my, my wife, off the top, and I don't do this because my reward is not uh, to tell you so that uh, I can receive praise from you. I do this because I'm instructing you and teaching you, but off the top, 
10% comes off, and then another 10% above that as an offering immediately. We give more than that, but immediately that goes, that goes into kingdom builders or goes into something in the church, and 10% to tithe, another 10% immediately off the top. And even beyond that, and uh, somebody just blessed us this week, and, and it's just like, uh, Lord, yummy, give it away. Because what do you want to do with it? It's not mine. I discovered, see, here's a perspective. I have a perspective now that I don't own anything. He owns it all. He wants the first tenth, but everything else is his. I remember when God began to deal with me. Actually, we were in a worship service. Some of you heard this story, but it bears repeating right now. Perfect right now. Uh, We were worshiping God, just loving God in, in Houston, Texas. And God speaks to my heart and he says, give me your son. Well, I had already dedicated my son. But I knew what he meant. You give him to me. He is no longer yours. You, you, you give him completely to me. And I began to weep like a baby. And I said, Lord, he is yours. I, 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 I value my son. I love my son, but... I must have been owning my son at that time. And when I gave him to to the Lord from that point on to this very day, I don't worry about my son because he's not mine. He is not mine. I, I, I have no, he goes out of town, he drives, he flies, he, whatever he's doing, I don't worry. I refuse to worry. It's, I, 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 it's not a big deal anymore, but I, I would remind myself, he's not mine. He's yours, Lord. The reason people worry about money is because you still own it. Your perspective is wrong. He owns it. When you change that perspective, you'll start practicing what he wants you to practice. I tell those that I'm, uh, I'm doing marriage, uh, pre-marriage counseling, I tell them this, that practice makes permanent. The more you practice, the more permanent it will be. It just becomes permanent in your life. You don't have to question, you don't have to, it's just, it's just part of your life. If you'll start practicing the word, it just becomes permanent in your life. It shouldn't even be an issue. A disciple, as disciples of Christ, being fully committed to Christ in following him, it ought to be just practice, practice, practice. It's just what we do. And the more we do it, the easier it is. The more we do it, the more natural it is. The more that we do it, the more it becomes a part of us. And honestly, we ought to be reflecting Jesus Christ. In and through our life. And so, with that being said, I'm going to jump to Luke chapter 9 and give you a couple of thoughts here. Jesus said this, Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for me, will save it. Generosity always blesses. Hold on to it, you lose what you're trying to hold on to. Somehow, some way, 
it gets eaten up. The devourer comes in, eats it up, 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 eats it up. The Bible says that when we're, we're, when we're putting God first, we're being generous in our giving, the devourer is rebuked. What does the devourer do? He eats up. He just eats it up, eats it up, eats it up, eats it up. Some of you lack peace right now in your life. It's been eaten up by the de- devourer. Because there's probably an area or areas in your life that you just, you just keep violating, keep violating, keep violating, keep violating. And you wonder why you keep having the problems that you have. And it's because of the decisions or, should I say, the practices that you're practicing in your life. Luke chapter 9, verse 24, it says, For if you choose, and this is out of the Passion Translation, for if you choose self-sacrifice, giving up your lives for my glory, you will embark on on a discovery of more and more of true life. For if you choose to keep your lives for yourselves, you will lose what you try to keep. God's called us. You and I to be kingdom builders, to build the kingdom of God. He's called us to do that. And so what I want you to see, and I'm going to give you uh, Proverbs 11. When you become generous, you start seeing things differently. Your perspective changes, guys. I have a heart. I have a heart for this world. I have a heart for our city, a heart for this region. And we're going to go after it. It's going to take all of us. I can't do it alone. God didn't call me to do it alone. He called me to be a part of a body called Church on the Move. He's called us to link together and be generous together. But the more selfish we are, the less that we see ourselves as together doing something great. Because all you see is you. And life is much bigger. God's vision is much bigger. His dreams is much bigger than you. Notice this out of the Message Bible. I love the way it puts it. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. Their perspective starts to change. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. What does that mean? It just becomes about you. That's small. That's a small world. But when we just open it up, you know, I made mention of, uh, let me give you this uh, verse, uh, the next verse. Uh, Let's go to the next verse. Slide. Oh, maybe I don't have it up there. I'm sorry. Verse 25, is it not up there? Okay, I'm sorry. And it goes on to say in verse 25, the one who blesses others is abundantly abundantly blessed. Those who help others are helped. And so what God wants to do in our lives, he wants to expand us. He wants to broaden us. He wants to help us to move from we are. Guys, don't ever feel pressured by me to give. That's not what this message is about. It's it's meant to challenge you. It's meant to stretch you. It's meant to make you uncomfortable because you don't grow in a place of comfort. Disciples are made. They're not just born, they're made. There's, there's a process, and it, it's, it's, it's a process. I don't know where you are in your walk with, 
your generosity, but you need to start taking steps and putting uh, the step one foot in front of the other and start taking steps in your generosity. It needs to start in your home. You need to be generous with your spouse. You need to be generous with your children. You need to be generous, you know, uh, everywhere so that you can influence people for the kingdom of God. The reason why many people don't have a voice in other people's lives is because of their lack of generosity. Plus, you just miss opportunities. You just don't see it because your world's too small. All you see is you. I made mention a few, uh, I don't know, it's been, uh, actually it was at the, uh, I think at the end of last year, I talked about our kingdom builders. That we have four points of passion in, under our kingdom builders. And uh, would you bring that up? I do know that slide's there. And there's four areas that, uh, that's above, we ask you to prayerfully become a part of, above your tithe, your first ten that you can give towards. And this is kingdom builders. And it goes to next generation. One of the things that I'm looking at in one of our staff, uh, their responsibilities is, is equipping the next generation. Reaching out to the next generation and, and bringing young people and equipping them and making a difference. Some of them may be listening on, the, on today, so now they'll hear this. And uh, part of those funds will go towards that. I made mention of that, and somebody came to me and they said, I'm going to give extra 300 a month towards that. Thank God. Amen? And you know who, I am, uh, who you are, and thank you so much for that generous heart. I speak blessing over you. And then local, national, and global impact. Some of you don't realize, but we give locally to organizations like Salvation Army. And, and also that includes our benevolence and, and taking care of different people and that have uh, some great needs. And we're able to do that through those that give through our kingdom builders. Uh, nationally, we, we, we're a church. Uh, we, uh, we help sponsor and, and start uh, new churches nationally through our ARC uh, partnership that we do and and internationally we've gosh we're we've been a part of about 26,000 churches being started overseas and it's just awesome that we get to do that through our giving and uh and other things there was a pastor that during last year's flood that he had some things go on in his life that uh, uh that his house and his church got flooded so we caught wind of it and i think we sent him 500 dollars just to help him and just uh during that time and i may have been more i can't remember 500 and we sent that to help them guess what our kingdom builders funded that we're able to do that uh, growing life-giving churches. Uh, you know that twice a year we invest in pastors uh, by bringing them in. We bring speakers in. We bring them in. And uh, we just invest in them and their teams and help them. And throughout the year, there's things that I'll do through uh, or we'll do as a church for pastors. And we just help them, help other pastors to be successful. We get to do that. And then uh, our vision projects. We've not ever challenged our church to do anything really grand other than equipment. And that's been minimal, $25,000. And it's, I haven't pushed it, but I've, we're getting there. But at some point, we're going to need our own land and buildings and, and different things like that. 
And it's, it starts here. And there's things that we do around the, uh, around the church, around the house, was, I was going to say. This is our house. That Kingdom Builders takes care of any, any kind of remodels and different teams, things like that. So thank you. Thank you for giving towards that. I just say all that to say that your generosity not only brings extreme blessing on your life, but it brings blessing for the kingdom of God. I just, I, I just, let me, let me just download one more thought. It's healthy for you. There's been secular studies that have proven that generosity, generous people, people that serve even on a weekly basis through volunteering, that they live longer and they are healthier. And there's statistics that, that prove that out, even naturally. Now, they go read the Bible. We know that. The Bible says that the generous themselves will be blessed. And those that help others will themselves be helped. Those that refresh others themselves will be refreshed. Yes. Amen? And so, this, this day, make a decision to have a perspective change. Generosity is a blessing. It's not a cursing. Amen? Let's pray. We thank you for the...